I am happy to announce that the winner is All About Eve. Parasite. Kramer versus Kramer. Chicago! West Side Salt. The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. One flew over the cuckoo. Shakespeare in Love. May I have the envelope, please? Right now, it's Saturday, October 16th, 2021. Uh, now, when this airs, it'll be a different date. In fact, it'll be a few days in the future. And so you're listening to the past. But regardless, <laughs> no matter what time you are hearing this, we are about to rank the top 10, there are only 10, best <laughs> picture winners of the 1980s. Hi. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm Rance. And I'm Sam. We're back with another special episode As you guys know by now, we love doing rankings, top 10 lists. Uh, It's sort of my favorite pastime. I just do this in my head whenever I'm bored, kind of everywhere. Um, Yeah. Are you one of those people who, um, because I'm this person, and I was just talking to you about this, I I like to make a to-do list. I absolutely do. Absolutely. And mark -hmm. mark things off. Although I'm one of those crazy people where I make my list the night before, so I'm prepared for tomorrow, and I know what my tomorrow's going to be. Do you also do it the night before? It gives me a sense of calm if I do it the night before. And then um, the quicker I I, uh, I get it taken care of, the better I feel my day is. Because then I'm like, look at all this stuff I marked off already. Yes, and then it's playtime. That's the best. Yes, and you feel like you earned the playtime. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Which, yes. spoiler, playtime is just me watching movies, so there you go. <laughs> Which is why we make lists about movies, because we watch a lot of movies. Um, We've come full circle. So we're going to take the 10 yes. best picture winners of the 1980s that we just dissected and discussed to death in the last 10 episodes of our podcast. And, and just dissect them-, them and discuss them a little bit Again. more. <laughs> Think of and this will be in order like, of personal preference. Yes. This is the 80s, and the 80s was the birth of way too many sequels to horror movies. And <laughs> so we yes, are going to drive this into the ground in honor of the 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> that we are. That we are. Okay, so should we just should we just dive right in, Rand? Should we go with our number 10 spot? The worst best picture winner of the 1980s. What do you got for me? I have a feeling we have the same one. I kind of think so, too. Chariots of Fire. Absolutely. (laughs) That is also my last place movie. Yeah. What a terrible movie. God. I hate it. I hate it. I really hated this movie. I really (laughs) did not like it at all. Um Man, I did not like it. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the marriage first. What what were some positives about it? The costuming, the art, the score, the score. Great. It had a very good sense of time and setting. Uh, great production might, design. Yeah, that might be it, though. <laughs> I mean, the perf- I I don't blame the actors. The performances were fine. Sure, all all fine, all fine. Yeah, uh, it just I just, just thought it just never goes anywhere. Yeah, it's boring. It yeah. doesn't really go anywhere. And as you say, you know, it doesn't really say anything either. It's it's not exciting subject material. Um, mm. 
Yeah, and I I have zero interest in ever watching this movie again. <laughs> Especially <laughs> like considering what it was stacked up against that year with some mm-hmm. of the some great, truly great films like Raiders of the Lost Ark and On Golden Pond. This just felt like such a bad choice. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Oof. Awful. 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 Uh, let's right. talk about some more bad movies. Uh, number nine in our best picture ranking. My ninth place winner for me is Gandhi. Oh, wow. This is a big difference. For okay. Us. What's your number yeah. nine? <laughs> I I went ahead and put Driving Miss Daisy there. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep, yep. I was wondering where, you're, where we were going to kind of place that one in our list. Driving okay, Miss cool. Daisy is the one I really, I really wrestled with. And we talked a lot about this last week because I feel like there is definitely a disconnect between the the pleasantness of watching the movie and uh the problematic elements that it that it portray portrays that um can lead your brain into a certain pathway um and i um i ultimately decided that the the problems with the movie um way more heavily for me than uh, any of the problems I have with the movies that follow this in the rankings. Mm. Well said, well said. I I totally understand that. I totally get it. I put Gandhi down here mainly just because I just have zero interest in watching this one again. It's very, very long. It is, as we mentioned in the episode of this, kind of the quintessential biopic that I now think a lot of biopics since then have sort of stolen from and recreated and kind of um, made their own versions of it over the years. Um, and it's just really long, and it just feels like you're in, you know, a history class, and the teacher was sick, so they put on Gandhi, and let's just learn about him this way. You know what I mean? I don't know. The entertainment yeah. value in this movie is very, very low for me. Um, so I ranked it low. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, like, Let's just say, in a lot of ways, the bottom five here are pretty interchangeable for me. That's honestly um, what I was kind of thinking, too. The bottom five for me were very hard to be like, which one is worse? I don't know. <laughs> um, so what is your uh, number eight? My number eight is Meryl. It's out of Africa. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> What you is feel, your number? You feel so guilty about that. I, I kind of did. Okay, so I put it at number eight. The only reason it's not below Gandhi is because of Meryl. I just think her performance is quite amazing, but the content of Out of Africa is awful. It's terrible. It's really, really boring. But the score is beautiful. It's shot beautifully. It's a very pretty movie. But again, probably would never return to see this, and Meryl's performance just slightly edged out over Gandhi. That's kind of how I feel about it. <laughs> what did you put at number eight? Uh, this may surprise you. Um, uh-huh. uh, I I just... You know that I hate excessive violence. And so I put Platoon at number wow. eight. Yeah. Wow. I know. Wow. I know. And I am completely understanding of the fact that I'm probably putting it below a couple movies that um, it is superior to. I completely get that. The problem uh-huh. is, uh-huh. It, I, it is so unpleasant for me 
to watch that level of violence that I um, I just don't want to do it again. That is and fair. I, no, I see. That. I don't enjoy movies about Vietnam either. Mm. So I know. I think I we're we're almost out of that. What do we have? Only a few more Vietnams. I can think of Forrest Gump. I yeah. can think of which isn't just about Vietnam. It's not so. just about Vietnam. We do return though. That might be. Yeah. Is that our last one? Is that our last Best Picture Vietnam? I think so. I think it yeah. is. Oh, we're yeah. getting there. We're so close. We're so so, so close. close. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go to number seven. I'll say mine first. My number seven is Driving Miss Daisy. This is where this one ended up. Had to be in my bottom five for the exact same reasons you stated. But again, I edged this one out over the others because of what we discussed. It is a pleasant movie. There are merits to it. The performances are great. It's 90 minutes long. <laughs> um, but again, it's, you know, I... And I guess I put it above those three because I strangely have seen Driving Miss Daisy quite a few times in my life. So something does bring me back and watch it again and again. So... I guess the rewatch value for me is higher than Out of Africa, Gandhi, and Chariots of Fire. <laughs> Just is. That's. Oh, yeah. That's. Uh, uh, what did you put at numero seven? Uh, out of Africa. Ah, yes, yes, yes. And yes, yes. the reason why I put it as high as number seven mm-hmm. is because I, I was walking the other day and I have the musical score on my um on my music playlist Uh um and uh i love the john barry out of africa score so much i think it is one of the most beautiful pieces of music ever written and on the strength of the score alone (laughs) i am putting it at number seven there are so many other problems with that movie. There are <laughs> so many issues oh, God. Um, to dissect, but there are two things that I like about this movie. Um, and uh, three things. One of them <laughs> is the score. Like, let's be careful here. <laughs> I what is one of them? <laughs> if one of you. If you guys could see the, this look Sam gave me, gave me to make sure Meryl's one of those three. Um, I said, hold on. <laughs> um, the score, <laughs> Meryl Streep's incredible performance as always, <laughs> and um, and just her presence and her state of being. Um, and also, I really like uh, a few pieces of dialogue in the film that to be fair are karen blixen's words that have been transferred into the screenplay um because this was a real person um and uh particularly the line um which i believe i quoted in the um in that episode uh perhaps the world was made round so we could not see too far down the road that is i I love i love that quote um, that is a great quote. So that Meryl's delivery of it mm-hmm. and <laughs> and the score underneath it are <laughs> the only reasons it's a tie is number seven. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay. Uh, okay. Give us your number. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just still... Hold on. I'm just releasing... <laughs> I'm struggling with you putting platoon under out of africa i just put that together i'm just really like trying to wrap my head around 
out of Africa ranking higher than Platoon. Okay. Okay. But uh, but but <laughs> I could put on Out of Africa and not be concerned about <laughs> it violating my eyes. That's true. That is you true. Know. Okay, you know what? Fair. I, I I see your point. I see your point. Okay, give us yes. give us your number six. Gandhi. Um There's and I'm Gandhi. ranking okay. it I'm ranking it a little higher than you did. Um quite a bit at uh, three places. Because um, of the strength of Ben Kingsley's performance, um, of the um, uh, of the importance of the subject matter, um, and uh, for Candace Bergen's cameo at the end, I was going to say, and for Candace Bergen, right? <laughs> for two minutes of golden screen time, <laughs> the the best two minutes of the film, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, but I do think it is, um, I, I think it's a great overview of the life and, you know, yes, it's a movie that would just be put on in history class, but you know what? I mean, <laughs> I probably, I probably would have enjoyed watching it more in a history class because it had been like, oh my gosh, we're watching a movie. Right. Um, that, that's very true. It's always exciting when the teacher rolls in the TV. <laughs> it's super great. I don't think kids know that anymore. I was going to say, probably... that's the thing of the past, right? <laughs> Rolled in the TV, put in the VHS. I don't think that happens. <laughs> wow, I uh, we're myself. dating ourselves. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, but but as much as it feels like a history lesson, I think more so than the other movies I put underneath this, this feels like a very important uh, history lesson, particularly in today's day and age um, when uh, nonviolence is underrated. So. That's very true. You're absolutely right. The message of the movie is very powerful. Um, I put a different history lesson in at my number six. This is now... So these next few are sort of like the the middle of the pack ones for me. The ones I've already mentioned are the ones where I'm like, please, just I don't really ever need to watch these movies again. But now we're getting to the good ones, I think, is where we're at here. My number six is The Last Emperor. And this is probably one of the most surprising movies for me. Uh, that we watched here in the 1980s. I, as I mentioned that episode, I'd seen it before, but kind of this was, was a while back. So re-watching it for this episode, I really was able to appreciate The Last Emperor, the structure of it, uh, the photography of it, and the central performance. So good. So, so good. Um, and the reason that it's ranked here where it is is for the final moments of the movie. I think that final bit where we see the grasshopper um, come back just blew me away. I think it just summed up the movie perfectly. Life goes on. It's amazing. Yeah, I really like this movie a lot. Um, I'll and it's reserve. scrumptious, right? Oh, just watching it is just like a feast for your eyes. It's beautiful. I'll, Go ahead. I'll reserve my okay. opinions. Reserve, reserve. All right, let's get to our top five then. Here we go. So okay. I'll mention my number five first because it's one that you shockingly have mentioned it is platoon <laughs> platoon comes in at number five for me um i just think this is such a poetic war film i think it completely kind of changed the way we see and view war movies and made it much more intimate which i think in turn makes it even more horrifying which i think what you were getting at rands like we feel like we are a part of this platoon we are brothers with these men we go along with them we feel their pain we feel their anger 
and it's a very visceral experience watching Platoon. God, it's heartbreaking. It is a very difficult movie to watch, but I think it's important to watch because we see the humanity in these men in a very inhumane um, setting, and I think that dichotomy is just so interesting to watch on screen. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's also horrific to watch, my God. It is a harrowing watching experience, yes. Um, yes, it is. Okay. Let's talk about your number five, Rance. Oh, okay. Um, my number five <laughs> is uh, Rain Man. Oh, okay. Now that makes sense. I remember what you were talking about. It, yeah. Okay. Um, I the top five movies I really like. Yes. First off, um, and uh, uh, I think that this movie is so sensitive and interesting, and uh, has two really great central characters, um, and I I think that. I think it's just probably a little too long, which is why I'm going to put it uh, farther back. And, you know, there are probably some things that would be handled slightly differently today, but you can't really fault a movie for being where it was when it was made um, because of where society was at the time and our understanding of mental illness, um, but or mental handicaps, I should say. Um, but... Uh, but with all of that considered, it is a, a great little movie. Um, the first uh, Best Picture winner we have with a Hans Zimmer score. Mm, I mean... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, first of two in a row, also. True. Um, uh, and uh, it, uh, it feels like a, a seminal film of the period. Yeah. It really yeah. does. And that's why I put it at number four. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I'll piggyback Take off of it what home. you're saying. Yes. Um, for all the reasons you just stated is why it's my number four. I really like this movie a lot. I've loved this movie since the first time I watched it years and years and years ago. The two performances, it's really hard to beat that. And Dustin Hoffman is just so good in this movie. It could so easily become a caricature um, and sort of a stereotype but I think he brings so much warmth and humor into it that we fall in love with him and we just want what's best for him. And that's why it's amazing seeing that turn and that change in Tom Cruise sort of getting on board, right? And like realizing, as we do, like, oh, we just care for this person. We want what's best for him and that's all that matters. Um, and I love the screenplay of this movie. I think it's genius how we fig when we finally figure out what Rain Man actually means and who that is and how that comes into the story. Oh, I just think it's incredible. And I love the ending. I know we talked about this and we were like, it doesn't end happy. I still think it has a really happy ending. I love that he goes back and they become brothers and yes, they don't live together, but they're doing what is best for each other. And I think that's kind of beautiful and poetic in itself. I love Rain Man. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm very glad that you have that journey with Rain Man. Um, <laughs> And, and speaking of um, uh, men. <laughs> men. <laughs> More men. There was a, a, a man who was the last emperor of <laughs> China. Uh, China. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, I put the last emperor at number four. 
Oh, um, I love that. Okay. Much higher than I, I kind of thought I would put it, honestly. Higher um, than I thought you were I, going to put it. I thought it was, as you said, a sumptuous movie. Mm. Um, with uh, That was three hours long, but honestly seemed to justify its length, which I don't always say about long movies. See, people, um, sometimes we do like long movies. It just needs yes. to be good. <laughs> um, it told uh, a very interesting history lesson very, very well. Um, it did a, a good job covering several decades. Mm-hmm. Um, it transitioning between multiple actors playing the same role, which is never, I think, easy um, to do in a movie. Um, it had such a great, um, uh, such a great uh, feeling for time and place, um, and the cinematography is just insanely good. Um, and I, um, I, I think it's a great movie. I love that. I'm kind of looking at my list now and kind of realizing, you know, Gandhi came first, right? Then The Last Emperor. And I, you made a comment that a lot of movies stole from Gandhi. And I think that's very true with The Last Emperor. I think the story and structure of The Last Emperor does steal in part from how Gandhi laid out their retelling of that story as well. But there's something about The Last Emperor that just does it better for me. Would you agree with that? I just think there's there's more oh, entertainment yeah. in it, right? I don't know, there's well, just moved, more, yeah. It moves a little bit quicker. Yeah, um, I think so too. Yeah, I think so. You know, I also think sometimes, um, I think we probably know here in America collectively more about Gandhi than we do about the emperors of China. Yes. Um, and so I think that sometimes being farther away from something um, in terms of knowledge makes it maybe more interesting to watch because you aren't hitting any beats that you don't already know. Yeah. You know? I um, think you're right. And I found... Um, I mean, and and personally, I find... You know, imperialism is very archaic. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, but but the hist but the history of imperialistic societies is so rich with um, with tradition and history and yes. and palace intrigue. And I I loved um, those aspects of the Last Emperor. Yes, you I know. think you just said it perfectly. That's exactly what I feel too. Yes, yeah. I think you're right. Yes. I, I think, I mean, like, Gandhi is, without question, the, um, one of the most important stories that people should know and one of the most important people in history. Um, yeah. But just looking at them as, as movies, you know. Yeah. Yep, I think you're and right. And not real-life people. We are dealing with a lot of um, real-life situations in this crop of Best Picture winners. <laughs> yes, we are, so. yes. In fact, if if you look at it, we got um, one, two, three, four that are five that are about from real stories. Yes, and then a oh, sixth yeah. one, and then a sixth one that is dealing with um, Vietnam, which mm-hmm. was a real situation. So we have five stories based on real people and a sixth one that is based on real situations so that's true yeah yeah this is a a heavy amount of history (laughs) 
We got some history lessons in the 80s. Yes, we did. Yeah. Are we on our top three now, right? You have three, two, one left? Yeah, I th- uh, my bet is that we have two and three flipped, and we have the same number one. That's my bet. Okay, I oh I don't know. I honestly think our one and two might be flipped. Oh, okay, maybe. I don't. I think our number one is going to be different. I think it is. Okay, give me give me your number three. This was very hard, Amadeus. by the way. My top three were very very hard. Okay, Amadeus. give me your number three. Amadeus, he says. Okay, okay, okay. 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 Yes. Okay. What's, oh, tell me why. Tell me why. <laughs> oh, uh, I, Amadeus was great. Amadeus yeah. took me totally by surprise. Um, I didn't think it would be my type of movie at all because um, it just looked uh, costume drama. Blah, 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 blah. And um, and it ended up being so offbeat and so interesting and um, having such a great uh, fusion of historical drama with uh, modern sensibilities in terms of storytelling, uh, such an effective and great use of music to advance the plot um, uh, about, you know, this real-life composer, of course. Um, And, uh, again, just beautiful um, cinematography and costume design and art direction uh and it was just uh it's just a great movie the the two movies i put above it i just prefer that's all it is and that's kind of where we're at right now like i really have nothing bad to say about my top three here um it is just like it's for me it always comes down to rewatch value like which one would i want to watch over another one so for me my number three is terms of endearment and it broke my heart putting this at number three because I love this movie so much. I love this movie so much. Um, my, my God, Shirley MacLaine, just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. What a great Oscar win for her. I'm so, a part of me is happy that she doesn't have one for the apartment so that she could have her sole Oscar for Terms of Endearment because this performance is so incredible. Um, but not just her, the entire cast in this movie is so great. And what Terms of Endearment does, I think, so well is playing that dramedy card, right? There are such extreme emotions in this film of just flat out, like, laugh your ass off humor and then just cry your eyes out sadness. It just hits every emotion perfectly. Not a single beat rings false. Um, It is just a warm, just touching film. I love Terms of Endearment. I just had to pick a couple movies over it. <laughs> well, and one I them... did not I did not pick um I didn't pick a couple. I only picked one movie over Terms of Endearment cuz Terms of Endearment is my number 2. There it is. Um, <laughs> sure. um and uh I thought that uh Terms of Endearment I I love the script of the movie. Uh, so much I think it is so um, it does such a good job James L. Brooks um, is one of my uh, favorite filmmakers honestly Mm -hmm. and he has such a hot streak in the 1980s Um, but he uh, does such a good job of of combining humor and drama in a way that feels very slice of life and realistic yes to me Um, yes and I think yeah, I know why so that, that is. I think I know why yeah, that is. It's because the characters, they're such yeah. full characters, right? And they're, they they're written talk. so well. Yes, like the source people. material is just genius. The Larry McMurtry novel this is based off of mm-hmm. gave him great characters 
So I think that's what fills in the life of this movie. Also, right? they're just so well written. Also, the author of the very, very different uh, Last Picture Show. The Terms of Endearment also has um, all the other elements that I look for in a movie. Um, it has uh, just incredible performances. And the chemistry between Shirley MacLaine and Deborah Winger, mother-daughter, is mm. just perfection. Uh, Shirley MacLaine, uh, you know, it's been parodied over and over again. But the scene where she asked for the pills is... The shot. Without, I mean, like, even if you know all the parodies of that scene, it's still so effective when you watch it, and you won't laugh when you're watching it, as <laughs> no. much as that's been spoofed. Um, and the music, once again, we get an iconic music score for this one. Um, we have perhaps one of the biggest gut punch endings mm. ever to a movie. Um destroys and you yeah absolutely destroys you and um and yet it's still such a for much of it a pleasant watch you know um i really just think it's great i think it's a a, a just a, a kick-ass movie <laughs> it absolutely is and rance you were yeah. correct we did switch our two and three my number two is amadeus you were I thought we'd have the same number one, but we'll Look get there you. in a second. You were right. You were absolutely correct. Talk, talk to me about Amadeus. I love Amadeus so fucking much. This movie is amazing. As I said in the episode, you know, I've loved this movie, my God, since I was a little preteen. And something I want to say, too, I recently went and saw the L.A. Phil do a night under the stars of Mozart at the Hollywood Bowl. Absolutely incredible. And the first song they played is the main song in Mozart. I can't think of the name of the song right now, but it's the one that goes They play started off with that song and it just instantly gave me goosebumps and chills and I started tearing up. It's it is such powerful music. And I really wish that people would like oh like embrace classic music more. Like it is so rich with emotion and even character. Like I think the music, Mozart's music in this movie is as much a character as Mozart himself. It completely sets the movie and the tone of it up so perfectly. Uh, but speaking of the performances, I mean, Tom Hulse and F. Murray Abraham, those two, I I wish this was our tie for Best Actor at the Oscars. I think this is a legitimate reason to award two statues because you can't really have one without the other. They, they play off each other so well and that final scene between the two of them on the bed as he's notating the music to him is just wonderful god i love it so much i just i want to see this on the stage so bad i have yet to see it on the stage and boy do i need a revival someone put this on the stage so i can go and watch it um i i have nothing bad to say about amadeus it's just my number one movie touched me even more and is one of my favorite movies if not my favorite movie of all time is the number one spot which we share <laughs> so what's our number one movie one. rance what's our number one movie it has never gotten better than it did at the very beginning of the 1980s, whenever the great, great film Ordinary People came out. Ah, uh, ah, uh, this movie, this movie. <laughs> Another one with classical music um, as its score. Yes, we love it. I uh, another great score. You're right. Um, just a fantastic use of uh, canon in D. Mm -hmm. um, 
as the recurring motif uh, throughout the film um, with, again, incredible performances throughout by one of the best little ensembles of all time um, with uh, Donald Sutherland and uh, um, Mary Tyler Moore and um, Judd Hirsch. And Judd Hirsch, yes. Hutton. Timothy Hutton, thank you. Yes, I got you. <laughs> There's a lot of Timothys, and I couldn't think of his last name. Yes. Um, I was like, Timothy Dalton is not... <laughs> It'd be a very different film. <laughs> um, but I, I love that that combination um, of people, the way they... they the, the, situa- the, the very normal, everyday scenes that they are put in and how they react... I love the um, the side stories uh, with the two um, female characters that Conrad gets to know. Um, yes. Uh, particularly uh, the Dinah Manhoff, her scene that just that's just so devastating. It's what happens so there? Heartbreaking. Um, the the scene on the golf course with Mary Tyler Moore the um incredible just downbeat but also hopeful ending um i i just love the movie from start to finish i think it is a truly great film and i think it gets better every time you see it yes it does yes it does it's to me this is just one of the greatest movies about trauma and about oh god like uh, the benefits of therapy and having a psychiatrist talking about your feelings and emotions. I mean, here we have the character of Conrad, right, and his mom, and you're seeing them both deal with their trauma in opposite ways, right? One is finally embracing the conversation about it and um, uh, willing to divulge his feelings and get through it, and the other one is is refusing to, right? Just bottles it in, pushes it down, everything's fine. And we see how that plays out and what that does to people. And I think it's really important to watch that and see that. Um, yeah, and, and as you said, Donald Sutherland, I cannot stress enough how amazing Donald Sutherland is in this movie. So overlooked by the Academy, which is very, very sad. But this is also kind of an odd movie where they, you know, they picked and pulled the nominations in interesting ways. I mean, Timothy Hutton is arguably the lead of this movie, probably deserves a leading nomination and Donald Sutherland probably a supporting nomination or any nomination motherfuckers but I I think the performances stand for themselves you know I think oh god they're just so good and Mary Tyler Moore Mary Tyler Moore as that mother as the mother she's incredible absolutely incredible um, I can't, I yeah, can't, one like, this movie just makes me cry every time I don't know this movie moves me to tears on oh, the ending scene when he finally says what he's been feeling the whole time you were yes. oh god <laughs> it's like i don't want to like give it all away but oh my god the screenplay in this is just wonderful it's so oh, perfectly it's, laid out it's just such an intelligent wonderful human yes. um oh, just a great experience i love it, it so is much the human condition anyway. it is um okay with all that said yes um we agreed this time, because we always like to add a twist to whatever our list making is. Um, we said we'd name the five movies from the 1980s that would be list changers if they had won Best Picture. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these are movies that uh, I think most of the ones I picked were nominated. There's one that I I picked that was not na- nominated for picture, um, was nominated for screenplay, um, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and had these movies won, it probably would have shuffled my order basically. Correct. Okay. Yes. Yep. So um, actually, four of mine were nominated for best picture. One was not. But, Same. yeah, had any of these won, yeah, <laughs> basically the bottom half of my list would be completely different. <laughs> I right. do have, I have to list one, I have a sixth place one that I just couldn't uh-huh. delete and get away with. So here's, like, my, my honorable mention is Aliens with Sigourney Weaver. Oh, I yes. love this movie so much, and I really, <laughs> really just want to have that out there that this movie should be in contention as one of the ten greatest of the decade. It's so great. That being said, give us one of your five game changers, list changers. Uh, the Big Chill. Ooh, yeah. I see that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you, you do love this movie with the music. I understand. Go ahead. Great score. Uh, great, great characters. Um, very interesting concept. Um, very slice of life and downbeat, which I appreciate. Lots of conversations. I um, I thought it was great. Amazing. Well, one of my first list changers is The Color Purple. That is also one of mine. Oh, so. love that. Yes, yes. Uh, this absolutely should have won Best Picture over Out of Africa. I think that is very clear. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what a beautiful movie. What a beautiful movie. I think we both agreed that Steven Spielberg may not have been the correct director for this project it would have looked a lot of different if it was in a black filmmaker's hands for example i think this movie would have read differently but that being said he does a really wonderful job with this material he handles it very delicately it is um and oh it's just beautiful you know and the music in this too is quite wonderful oprah winfrey in this is just a knockout she would have been my pick for supporting actress whoopi is phenomenal quite the film debut again probably should have won best actress <laughs> i think what we're, we're saying here the performances in the color purple are what stand out among everything just a great piece of filmmaking um uh, agreed i i don't know what i could possibly add uh, to what you're saying but yes both uh whoopi and oprah are fantastic in this fantastic. movie definitely award winners in my opinion and um also again we've talked a lot about musical scores but another a great score from quincy jones in this movie um and uh you know the it it, it just should have won it's just that <laughs> just simple you know? <laughs> um and something that uh was nominated uh for screenplay but not picture that should have been on this list as well uh, should have been a Best Picture winner as well, is Do the Right Thing. Also on my list, yes. yes. Tell us about Do the Right Thing. Do the Right Thing is just such... Um, I think the farther we get away from it, um, the more important it becomes because the more we realize that what Spike Lee was saying is so relevant to society and i feel like in 1989 a lot of people most people 90 percent of people probably were not willing to face 
that what do the right thing was saying is true. Mm-hmm. And I think that and the fact that Oof. so many old white pe- people were involved in the Academy is why um, it did not get the best picture nomination that it so richly deserved. Um, yeah. I think you're absolutely um, right. Yeah, what you just said actually gave me chills. Because you're right, I think people didn't want to believe this was true. But Rance, what happened two years after this, in 1991? We get the Los Angeles riots. You know what I mean? We get the Rodney King. We get all of that. So, like, it's literally happening. And I think because people didn't embrace that in 1989, we saw the the impact of that only two years later. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Uh, I, I think... Um... I, I think do the right thing was uh, anticipating. Yes. Um, it's like where, if we don't do something about this, we look what's heading. going to happen. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it has uh, been happening. I mean, my God. Cops yes. have been killing black people it was, since forever. It was putting since up forever. A, it was putting up a mirror that no one wanted to look, la- look at and yeah. um, boiled over into some horrific things later on. Um and is continuing to boil mm-hmm. over. And I don't think that we as a society have collectively even started looking at this until last year. You know. Accurate. Accurate. Yeah. So And I think accurate. it's because of I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of um negatives uh that have born out of social media for sure that we have also confronted, uh, particularly last week with the Facebook uh whistleblower and all of that. Yes. But um, but I think we also, I, I think social media has, is a large part of the reason why we've had to stare certain things in the face. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, I hope that people continue to discover, do the right thing. And I couldn't agree more and, um, really understand what spike lee was saying and how that connects to today yes 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 okay moving on here is another on my list that i love 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 is the dresser oh i knew you would put this i love this movie (laughs) so much (laughs) again again i really just want to mention it so people just fucking watch this movie it's so good albert finney and tom curtney Another great example of a pair of actors, leading actors, that I would have awarded both statues to. I think they are incredible. Um, Tour de force performances. And such a simple, simple movie, too. I mean, largely this movie takes place um, in a dressing room backstage of a theater. And I think the sense of place is very, very important. You start to feel claustrophobic as the Albert Finney character, who is the actor on this show, is losing his mind, and we kind of start to lose our mind with him. It's uh, it's so beautifully played out. Um, and it's uh, it's such a gem from the 80s. I think it's just wonderful. Yeah, I love The Dresser. <laughs> um, not on my list, but respect yeah, your that's choice. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I put uh, Broadcast News. I figured that would come up. <laughs> Another James L. Brooks. Um, love myself some broadcast news. Um, another James Elbrooks, as you said. Um, another great screenplay. Another great uh, lead performance from Holly Hunter. Um, also love Albert Albert Brooks, and he's in this movie, and he doesn't usually appear in other people's movies. So 
-hmm. that's a, a rare appearance from him in something other than what he made um good lord i can't wait to talk about albert brooks's movie that comes out in 1992 yes yes, um, yes, yes, yes. I know that you like that. You have to like that movie. There's no way. There's no way you don't like that movie. Um, <laughs> um, and I, I also love uh, movies about journalism, as I think we've covered a few times on this podcast. And uh, yes. this is uh, such a great movie about journalism, on top of being a great movie about uh, complicated working relationships and. Um, very true and uh, uh, ladder climbing and <laughs> all sorts of other uh, workplace issues um, that are very relatable and real um, while also being incredibly funny um, also yeah. a great performance from uh, in the supporting role from um, um, Joan Cusack yes <laughs> right yes, yes. Um, oh, I love but, Joni god damn she's so yeah, good yeah she she really comes alive in the 1980s, in the late 1980s, too. And she's never the lead, it doesn't seem, but she's always... Memorable. Um, always such a presence. And she's really fun in this movie. And um, I think it's her performance in Broadcast News, which is what got her the performance in Working Girl. They're very similar. Very kind of similar, zany, sort of quirky side character roles but without broadcast news we don't get her in working girl and i think that's really really important because she is flawless are you about to working say working girl, girl? <laughs> that was almost on the list that almost made it but uh, i was like no i have to do with some other ones um i okay, fucking so love working girl yes but what's your next, the next one? one on my list is tootsie i knew it yes <laughs> <laughs> I love Tootsie so uh, much. I knew you would do that. <laughs> this was my pick for Best Picture of 1982 um, over Gandhi, which is probably why I rank Gandhi so low, because Tootsie is one of my all-time favorite movies. I, I, just, I just love this movie. I think the setup of it is so ingenious, and I think Dustin Hoffman does both those characters, um, the Michael Dorsey and Dorothy Michaels, um, characters, those two sides are just so good, and it's so funny. This movie is so funny, but then about halfway through, there's that switch where all of a sudden he's caught feelings for Jessica Lang, and this becomes a whole different kind of film, and it's just takes you on that ride. Um, and speaking of Jessica Lang, my God, is she gorgeous in this movie? My God, she's stunning, and also funny, so funny. Um, and an oh, Oscar winner. And an Oscar winner, yes. Ah, I don't know what else to say. I just this is one of my all-time favorite movies, and I think it should have won Best Picture, and therefore should have been in this top ten rankings list. Mm -hmm. It absolutely deserves to be. What else you, know, you got? I agree that uh, the movie I'm about to say. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is your last one, right? If this movie had won Best Picture, it would have topped my list. <gasps> And that movie is the indelible, the perfect, the absolutely beautiful <laughs> On Golden Pond. Yes! <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. Another great score. This, yes. is, the, an, this is the theme of our 80s movies. Um, with, uh, in my opinion, a... a um, uh, 
a symphony of great performances and great dialogue um, that really examines uh, such human relatable relationships um, and the fact that it is truly slice of life in dealing with a father-daughter relationship that's an actual father-daughter relationship and how those relationships mirrors just adds this level of reality to mm. this movie that I I adore and um, you know adding in the uh, just stunning um, performances from uh, I, I mean like what a swan song for mm. Henry Fonda so true um, and uh, what a just wonderful delightful performance from Catherine Hepburn um, you know the great addition of uh, another 80s uh, MVP Dabney Coleman um, and then on top of all of that you get what I think is one of the most heartwarming and simple scenes right towards the end of the movie where um, Jane Fonda suggests that maybe <sighs> maybe they could be friends and he says uh um, does this mean you're going to be coming around more? It would mean a lot to your mother. And she grabs his arm and he covers his face just for a second. And it's mm. so real and so perfect. Yes, because um, that's a real... I mean, yeah, at that point, the characters disappear and it's just Henry talking to Jane, you know? Oh, God. Yeah, I mean... And, of course, my I mentioned it in the episode, but my favorite uh, line... Um, uh, sometimes you have to look hard at a person and know they're trying the best they can. They're just trying to find their way, just like you. I said mm-hmm. just way more times than she does <laughs> in the line. But um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Kate. I didn't quote you perfectly. The loons! Um, <laughs> There's a better quote. <laughs> and, oh, the... I'm sure you'll clip this in. Listen to me, mister. Um, <laughs> you're my knight in shining armor. Why do you have to clip it in? Because horse. my impression my impression is so dead on. <laughs> it is uncanny. Uh, you're going to get back on that little horse and let me right behind you. Holding on tight and away we're going to go, go, go. That's I don't it. like horses. That's... <laughs> what a curmudgeon. Uh, okay, uh, my my final one. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch things up here for something oh no, totally is... different. Oh no! Here's my, oh my final. I think I guess, I think I know what it is. Yes, it would be <laughs> it would be Fatal Attraction. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Oh uh, God! If you listen to our 1987 episode, the rabbit, the rabbit, the rabbit. I love this movie so much. Um, this is my favorite Glenn Close performance. It should have been her Oscar as. I'm mm-hmm. sure everybody knows. There is just something so addictive about Fatal Attraction. I can watch this movie anytime, anywhere. I just love it. I love the mood it sets. And what's so great about it is, I think if this movie had been made, you know, even maybe uh, a decade or two decades before, it would have been considered like a B picture. You know, it probably wouldn't have gotten as much attention. But I think Adrian Lynn takes this material so seriously that we believe it, right? We have to believe these people in order to take this movie um, uh, for what it's actually telling us. And I think because the performances are so strong, 
is what gives this movie the weight and the merit that it deserves. I mean, every performance is great. I love Michael Douglas in this movie. I think if Michael Douglas had not been nominated and won for Wall Street in the same year, we would have seen him nominated for Fatal Attraction. I think he does a great job. Um, And the supporting cast as well, his wife, I mean, oh crap, her name is completely fading away from my brain. And I don't know what it is. It's gone. But his wife, she's... Ann Archer? Ann Archer, thank you so much! Yes, coming in for the clutch. Um, Yes, I think she's wonderful. I love her nomination in this movie, too. And I think this movie does create that little side genre of, like, a um, psychosexual thriller that we see a lot of now, right? And, yeah, we wouldn't get that without Fatal Attraction. I think it's kind of a a game-changer. And it should be on the top ten. <laughs> it deserves to be there. <laughs> That's it. Those are our okay. movies. <laughs> Yay. Those are the best of the best. The movies that we think uh, represent the 1980s in a very, very good way. Yeah, I love our lists. And there were more sumo than I was anticipating, actually. I'm so glad. I am so glad we share the same number one. I'm glad you enjoy Ordinary People as much as I love Ordinary People. Same one, that makes same me so number ten. We like yeah, that's so true. Ordinary people in chariots of fire. Wow, what a difference. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. Uh, uh, uh. Um, okay. Um, so I guess we're gonna turn to what we're gonna be doing next week. Um, which yes. next week we're gonna enter a new decade. Um, we are in the nineties. <laughs> we're the in the decade, decade of Sam now. Of Sam, as <laughs> I was gonna say. Um. But he's not alive for another year. <laughs> not um, quite alive yet. Uh, and uh, in case you're wondering how old he is, <laughs> he's still not in his 30s. Um, no, I am. I am 30 exactly. Oh, you are 30. So this. I am. Uh, oh, that's right. You were one year away from you you being born. <laughs> Correct. Um, although you might be in the womb. The, for, true part of this year for part of this Um, that's very true that's very true uh but (laughs) we um we have been uh dealing um the last uh couple years with uh some movies that are problematic Mm -hmm. and we are going to continue that yes with uh a movie that there is a lot to talk about (laughs) um (laughs) Yes, all uh, 14 hours of it. <laughs> all 14 hours of Dances with Wolves. And the only thing that I am looking forward to is the John Barry music. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Again, I love John Barry as a composer, and he does another fantastic score for this film. Correct. Correct, Because the yes. theme of this entire episode has been talking about the great scores in the movies that we picked. So I just well, had listen, to mention it one less. The scores can really change a movie around. They can make or break a film for you. So yeah, I yeah, am that's true. I am looking forward to this conversation on Dances with Wolves. So join us next week. We're entering the 90s with the first Best Picture winner, Dances with Wolves. It'll be, it'll be quite an awakening. <laughs> I like what you said there. <laughs> I like what you did. That was good. Yes. Thank so you. join us, couple of good fellas, next week, guys, and we'll be talking with you then. 